Yeah, I, that, I just imagine that I just, like, how do you breathe? Because it's hard to breathe when you feel, when it feels so good and you're super stimulated. Mm. But then, like, on top of that, dealing with your, your asshole being penetrated. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, <gasps> like, I can't <laughs> You're breathe. like a fucking asthma attack. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> you, like, have an inhaler next to your bed. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, take some poppers and then I inhale. <laughs> What's the inhaler for? Sex stuff. Sex stuff. <laughs> I do have an inhaler next like, to Like, oh, you have asthma too? I'm like, no. It's for sex stuff. It's, it's for DP. Don't kink shame me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets you extra high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, God. shall we jump into this podcast? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Hello, everybody. Yeah, hello. Welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? We are your freaky hosts. I'm Channa. I'm Corey. And uh, this is episode 18, bitches. Yeah, bitch. So we're going to start off this podcast on a super sad note. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're is... like, <clears throat> get your sad pants on. So get your fucking panties ready and some tear, some tissues ready because I'm yeah. probably going to cry. So as most of you guys know who follow our podcast, we were unable to post an episode last week. Um, the reason why Corey posted about it on Facebook and Instagram is we had a kitty emergency um, so what happened, and I posted a, a post on Instagram and Facebook today, right? and Twitter tonight, yeah. like earlier today I did. So you can read it in more detail if you want to get extra sad. But um, pretty much what happened is the day before we were going to record the episode, I was home with Simone and Toulouse, are my kitties. You guys know them. They're on every episode before this. Simone does the meows. Simone's, the yeah, she's part of our intro. And um, Toulouse, he's only six years old. They're pretty young kitties, pretty healthy, even though Toulouse was really fat. Um, he didn't have diabetes or anything like that. No pain, like the healthiest kitty on paper. It was pretty awesome. Um, but out of nowhere, he uh, passed away in my arms gonna not cry i promise Aww, but i might job. it's fine i had a panic attack earlier about today i'm fine everybody but um yeah toulouse passed away in my arms unexpectedly uh he wasn't in pain he didn't suffer um fuck. <laughs> um he was gone within literally 10 seconds yeah. and uh just like that he was gone and i talked to his vet and it was just a clot kind of like an aneurysm in a way there's no way to prevent it she said even if i was at the vet office somehow 20 minutes before it happened there was still nothing that could have been done it's just random you can't possibly predict who it's gonna happen to it's like a human like when a human has an aneurysm yeah it just can happen to anyone at any time they're just gone and um he was just gone just like that and so um i've been just trying to adjust back to regular life without my little best friend my little companion Mm -hmm. because a little booty i love to lose literally more than almost any person in this whole world or anything in this whole world and he's helped me through everything so it's been a big adjustment so we weren't able to record because i was having pretty severe panic attacks before the past week and they just they're slowing down which is good so we're finally able to record an episode Um, but we're back and we will be way more consistent unless like my life gets more fucked up (laughs) but everything's pretty good so sorry we weren't able to post an episode but i really appreciate um, you understanding and for all the people who've reached out to me, thank you. It, you guys don't even know how much your love and support has helped me through this Yeah, because it great. it's been pretty cool to realize that there are people now like all over the world that are thinking about m- my little family right now and thinking about Toulouse. And I just really appreciate all of you guys. And that kind of goes into our shout outs today is um, over, you know, 20 or 30 people have reached out to me individually either through my instagram or 
our podcasts, Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter. And everyone has been sending me their condolences and little stories about their kitties or little like poems or this or that. And just the overall support is pretty surreal. And I just really want to thank you guys because I been really struggling (laughs) to be super honest it's been the hardest week of my life and I know like some of you guys might be thinking oh it's just a pet but Toulouse as Corey can attest was more than a pet even all of us like one of my favorite memories of Toulouse is when Corey and I lived together I walked in from work and Corey was like dead asleep on the couch just cuddling Toulouse really hard yeah it was like the middle of winter and like Corey and I always get sad and Toulouse was just right there just to comfort Corey and it's one of and my Mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorite memories of Toulouse happened during our last episode when you were sharing the chip peas with Toulouse and I got that on video oh yeah he was our little best friend I know he's still here he's probably sitting right next to us right now and y'all he was he was like the best of a cat and then the best of a dog like people who met him my parents just like walked into the house when I was living with Channa and my, my like they still refer to Toulouse as like oh the cat that's a dog yeah exactly and he's so cute he has the best things of a cat and the best things of a dog he is the he is literally one of the best things that's ever happened in my life so it's very sad but thank you to everyone for all of your support and for your understanding with last week's episode like I felt really bad not posting an episode but there was literally no way we could have uh-uh, I was uh-uh. fucking done this week so thank you for your support we really love you guys and we love doing this podcast and we're very happy to be back. Yeah, so again, thank you for everyone who shouted out their condolences uh, to Chana and about Toulouse. Um, we love him and miss him, like, uh, completely. Um, so I have two quick little shout-outs. So uh, Scarlet Two-Face, um, he sent us a message about uh, the, the Faggot Facts specifically, and we reached back out to him. So yeah, thank you again for sending that. I love the Faggot Facts, and I, again, agree that there's, like, a lot of gay history, a lot of queer history, LGBTQ history, that needs to be shared and people don't really know about, which is yeah. sad. And personally, to go off on a, a little note, um, yeah, just with me, I just like, I guess, growing up Mormon and then not being Mormon anymore, I sort of lost that whole heritage yeah. and like disconnect from family in a sense. Not not completely. Yeah. Not necessarily, but I just have missed like a heritage and I don't really have one. So I adopt gay history and gay heritage like as my own and I love it. And That's I think it's pretty great. cool. And so that's why I do the fact facts and why I wanted to do that yeah. segment. On top of that, there's also Vicky Rogers Six, who first she's the is first, amazing. She is the first one. Yeah, she's amazing. She's the first one who sent us a butthole pick. <laughs> but it was a it was a drawn butthole pick. Yes. Balls and butthole. Balls and butthole. Um and it, then it was the best thing of my life. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then just like yesterday. Today. Or like today. Like five hours ago. Yeah, she sent us a felt. It was either felt or like scrapbook material. Yeah, like fra- scrapbook material, uh, creation of a anatomically correct yes. uh, vagina. A cunt. A cunt. She, no, she no, no, no. Yeah, it sorry. It was not a vagina. It was a cunt. <laughs> it specifically says cunt. Yeah. It literally brought so much it joy to my day. I got it, and I was I just finished having like a panic attack, casual, and I saw that message, and I just cracked up. <laughs> I just lost it. It like brought so much joy, and I immediately texted Corey and y'all, a picture. It was like literally informative and educational to me. Yes, I taught Corey so much about the vagina. There's used... a little peepee hole, and then there's also on top the the. Clit Clip? flap? It's a little clit hood. Clit hood. There we go. That's so cute. It makes, it makes me think of like gangster clits. Oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and then, uh, so there's the, on top we have the clit hood. Yeah, you have And the then clit. in the middle you have a little pee pee hole. 
And then at the bottom, where the main action happens, yes. uh, is the vagina hole. Yes, that's the pumping or, hole. Well, the main action happens in the clit hood. It should. <laughs> <laughs> but so I didn't know that. I didn't know. I thought the clit was the clit. I knew the clit was underneath the flap, but I thought it was in the vagina hole. See, some straight guy out there right now is like, "What?" He's like, "What the this? fuck?" <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> It, it it explains so much of how you can eat some a girl out and you can like lick their clit mm. because I would always assume I'd always think in my mind oh. I'd be like how does a guy like get into the vaginal hole and then like find the clit that that must be such like a fucking treasure hunt like I <laughs> it's don't like, it's like that <laughs> it still is yeah it's still like well believe me Corey the majority of the guys out there and and they they can't get the clit right. I've been with some people where I'm like okay this is fine they're like yeah you like that I'm like fine (laughs) i'm like sure that's the great thing about jordan he's like one of the first he knows where he's like it's right there he's like (laughs) 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 it's like sonar technology (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so thank you vicky rogers six for like making us laugh today and then also teaching a gay man what the vag has (laughs) and like where is everything yes and speaking of that if you guys uh want to send us fan art or anything like that that please send it to our instagram you can tweet us you can message us on facebook and um and if you want us to share it with our fans like want me to post it on facebook or instagram let us know and we would love to because it brings so much joy to our life all these butthole Mm -hmm. pics Mm -hmm. booby pics whatever you want even like a shitty stick figure of like you've been like yay anybody's has your sex life we love it so just send it to us Oh, yeah. So where can they find us? Did you already say that? So where you can find us, it's very easy. Our Instagram is Anyways How's Your Sex Life. Mm -hmm. And our Twitter and Facebook, you can search for Anyways How's Your Sex Life or our actual usernames is A-H-Y-S-L podcast. podcast. And that is just for Facebook and Twitter. And that's the same for our Gmail. It's A-H-Y-S-L podcast at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. Or you can also just go to A-H-Y-S-L podcast.com, our Jesus. website. And um, that has yes, the links that takes to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us directly on the website. You can listen to us directly on the website. See pictures of us. See our very sad about me section because we both haven't <laughs> written. Because <laughs> I haven't me done yet. it. I'm sorry. Because I I struggle really hard with the about me stuff. I'm like, hello, I'm Chana. Okay. Yeah, I was born <laughs> and now I'm 27. Yeah. I'm like, here I <laughs> I'm am. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey. All I am is gay. <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> that's pretty much it that's like every mormon though they're like this is cory he's gay. oh like when we talked about chipotle a few days ago oh yeah like how the people they all they like as soon as they found out you're gay that's all they can like they're I, like oh my god you're gay oh my god that's like who you are now like yeah you lost yeah any oh yeah no, to people uh, i'm like at work i'm like well not work now but like work before it's like oh yeah this cory guy he's gay like that's, that's all you're worth. I am to them. And you're like, I'm more than I'm just fucking gay. Yeah. So we started joking around that Corey's now going to mess with people who are like super straight and think like that. So he'd be like, Yeah, I'm gay. Help, show me your cock. Show me your cock. <laughs> just to scare them away. Oh yeah, because they're like, Hey, what's your story, Corey? And I'm like, Go oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> you're like, I was born, then I was gay. <laughs> they're like, That Same. makes sense. That makes that's my life pretty much. <laughs> okay, so uh, speaking of gays, <laughs> let's jump in your let's, let's go to fucking faggot facts. Okay. So mine today is a little history. It, this is really fun, guys. It's a little bit long, but we're gonna we're gonna get through it. It's pretty good when things are long. It's fun, yeah, right. Um, so mine is called the Meat Rack and Benny Ooh, Berturo. Daddy. Right. So on Fire Island, a barrier island <gasps> just off the south shore of Long Island, lies a gay mecca concentrated around the two communities 
Um, also called Hamlets, which is pretty cool. Oh. Um, a Fire Island Pines, a.k.a. the Pines, yeah, and Daddy. Cherry Grove. So since the late 30s, Cherry Grove, and then later in the 50s and 60s, the Pines, has harbored the LGBTQ community, providing a place of comfort, community, and privacy. So connecting these two communities is a sandy wooded path. So it's like a sandy dune path, and then mm. also there's like some wooded areas. So and this is known as the meat rack. So it connects Ooh. these two communities, right? <laughs> it's also so it's known as the meat rack, or just like colloquially, just colloquially called uh, the rack. So since the Same. 50s, gay men would cruise here looking for sex and would adhere to a code of no flashlights, no talking, and no prejudice. However, we all know that straights cannot handle gays having their own things, Obviously. especially in the 50s and 60s and 70s and pretty much until the past five years, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just after midnight on August 25th of 1968, officers from the Suffolk County Police Department uh, motored across Long Island. So they mo- motored south uh, uh, from Long, uh, the southern like um, shore of Long Island to Fire Island. Um, so they disembarked at the Pines and then headed west towards the Rack. There, in street clothes, officers roamed the cruising grounds for gay men having sex with each other. The police arrested 27 men Jeez. and ferried them back over the bay that night. That same morning, the men were charged with misdemeanor accounts of consensual sodomy. That's what it is mm. called, consensual sodomy. Now, usually when these raids would happen, and they would happen, you know, all the time in the 50s and 60s, 70s, policemen would just raid gay bars, gay spots, etc. So when usually this would happen, uh, specifically at the rack, uh, men would get arrested and the police would hand out over names and ages to the local Long Island newspaper. And the men caught would just pay fines and then hope that nobody read their names in the local oh. newspaper, but because it but but because it was in Long Island or was on Fire Island or in Long Island, people you know didn't always just live there. Yeah. So they would just be like mostly hope, and you know nine times out of ten would be safe, and nobody would realize that they were oh. arrested. You know. Yeah. James Avery wasn't arrested for like you know sodomy. But that's so fucked up on so many levels because one, you're outing people, and yeah. like two, like during this time they can get fucking fired. I mean, you name it. What no, exactly. That, yeah, your happen. whole life could be fucked. Their entire life could be ruined just yeah. because, oh, that's terrible. And, and, and that you say that, it, so however, these police got more info about the 27 men that were arrested, where they worked, where the even some even lived, and pushed for it to be in the newspaper. So usually they just mm. put a name and what they were arrested for, but these policemen called into the, the Long Island newspaper, and they said, no, this person works at the library, oh et cetera, et cetera, God. et cetera. So... Um, the local news reporter, Carl Grossman, who wrote this article, said that he, de- where I got most of this information. Yeah. So he said that uh, he dealt with these arrests and he noted that clearly, quote, clearly they were trying to screw them. He added, really trying to hurt them, not just arrest them, but really trying to ruin them publicly. Jesus Christ. So as a result, this triggers uh, Dick, his name's Dick. Well, <laughs> He's gay. You both <laughs> gay, Dick. Well, well, well. <laughs> you, ri- so, you richer. <laughs> as a result, this uh, triggers Dick Littish, president of the Medish. New York Ma- Medicine Society. M-A-T-T-A-C-H-I-N-E. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, guys, <laughs> English is guys. really hard. And when you haven't heard something pronounced, it sucks. So the New York Medicine uh, Society, which is one of the first LGBT rights groups, uh, who then hires a lawyer, Benny Vuturo, to defend the 27 men. That sounds like so, a motherfucking Italian. Benny Vuturo. <laughs> sounds like Capone's guy. <laughs> no, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, he sounds like, yeah, very uh, mafia-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Damn. basically, just to, like, in layman's terms, 
the dude in the newspaper, uh, Carl Grossman, the newspaper guy, yeah, here uh, realizes that the policemen are trying to literally fuck these guys over That's instead so of just up. you know arrest them. And then he also uh, sort of was triggered by the way that God. they took a fa- took a boat, crossed into Long Island. In- onto Fire Island, then went looking for these guys. It's a witch hunt. Witch hunt, yeah. Yeah. Which happens all the time. Yeah. And so he calls Dick Lettish, and then he calls up Benny Bruturo to defend these 27 men. Okay? Mm. Okay. So he tells the men to plead not guilty. This is Benny Bruturo, the lawyer. Yes. So he tells them all to plead not guilty, and they all 27 cases go to a, a trial by jury. Okay. Okay. So... Carl Grossman, the reporter that we talked about, he went to a few of these trials, and this is verbatim. Uh, this is like quoting him of what he said. He said he, or, while talking about what Benny Butura would do yeah. in these trials. So he he writes, he'd put the cop on the stand, and he would say, "Officer, what did you do?" The cop would identify the defendant, and then Butura would lead him into a trap. So I took my flashlight out, and I show uh, I shone it on the defendant. And where did you put that? Or when did you put point the flashlight? Vertura would ask. The officer would reply, I pointed it at his body and moved down the flashlight and illuminated his penis. Then Vertura would keep needling the officer. His penis, huh? And suddenly the cop is so red-faced, Grossman recalled, and oh. this went on every trial. He's um, like, Vertura, so you're gay. <laughs> he's like, say so you're a fucking faggot. So you're a fucking faggot. And the guy's like, I'm not gay, no homo, bro. No homo, bro. No, this is basically, yeah, this is basically what he would like, do. He's like, no homo. He so said, Vertura would add that nobody would have found these men obscured as they were by trees in total darkness unless they went looking for them. And the Marantine operation made clear that the cops went looking. In closing statements, Vertura would talk about criminality, murders, and other crimes in the Suffolk County, county where the policemen were from. And points out that, quote, here they are wasting all these resources on raids in Fire Island, Grossman said. Right. Juries agreed with him, and one by one, all 27 men were acquitted. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. That Benny Venuto or whatever is a fucking good lawyer. Yeah, so Carl Grossman writes in his article, reaccounting all this, he says, Turo, quote, was key to ending the Long Island witch hunt end quote. Wow. So what is really interesting is if y'all haven't noticed already, which you might not have, um, I'm like, I'll, <laughs> like I'll pump us about that. You motherfucking peasants. So this was 1968, <laughs> a year before. So eight months. So close months, to 69. But 69 is when the Stonewall riots happened, which started the mm. uh, whole movement, like the gay rights activist movement. Of course it happened So that happened, um, so this happened about eight months before that happened. Hmm. And so this was more of a like white collar kickoff to what just, like what happens eight months later with the Stonewall, Stonewall riots. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's um, Benny Vuturo in the meat rack on Long Island. Meat and rack. in the future, I'll do a whole faggot fact about Long Island, or fire, no, sorry, not Long Island, Fire Island. So. I love when people put their meat in my, on my the rack. meat on my rack. <laughs> Jordan's like, what? You're like, what? <laughs> You're like, that's a nightmare. <laughs> that's yeah, not so, vegan. So yeah, there you go. Oh, cool. Fuck yeah, Fire Island. Fire Island, I just always think of queer as folk. I don't even know if they ever went to Fire Island. I don't even think so. But for, I just imagine Fire no, Island is exactly like Queer as Fuck. There's a there's a reality <laughs> show um, that happened in 2017 of like five or six gay dudes on Fire Island for a summer. Oh, really? And I want to watch it because it just looks Ooh, like... let's watch What's it. the thing that you and Tyler watch? Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. It, it literally looks like a gay version of Jersey That's Shore. Fu- oh, and the Lindsay Lohan show. Oh, my God. <laughs> we we need, need to watch, watch that. that. <laughs> I want to watch the fuck out of that. Right? It just sounds like gold. Oh, speaking <laughs> of celebrities from the early 2000s, I just found out this week that Amanda Bynes is <gasps> back in rehab. She went back. Oh, no. Okay, so you you and your, like, 
dealing with booze, and then me, I've been a little bit depressed the past like week. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Just you know, it's just Toulouse like for me, it's just seasonal depression. I'll get over and it. And Toulouse is gone. And uh, spring's coming, and then well, and then the Toulouse did not help because yeah. I'm I'm like worrying about you and Simone. Yeah. I'm just thinking about you and Simone. Simone like, and I have been so suicidal sad. this whole week. It's no, fine. seriously, it makes me so sad. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. That's um, why Corey's my best friend because he worries about me just like I worry yeah, about. Yeah. Like I'm sad about Toulouse, but like. Toulouse is the one that's, you know, off on better things. Yeah, he's like, eating Fuck McNuggets. Chana. Fuck, <laughs> Simone. fuck Simone. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I want to thank y'all. Um, well, we love you, Corey. But yeah, it was when I saw that and read that. Y'all, Amanda Bies is my favorite of all those early two thousand, early 2000s. Like, man, she's so sweet and right? so fun. And like, she's the man is one of the best fucking movies ever. Right. So and the Amanda hilarious. show was so. I Yeah, it was I good. It, yeah, show. it was like it was bold. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was the SNL for kids. Yeah, so it was super I really fun. liked it. Yeah. Like after all that, they're like Amanda Bynes is like, I'm doing Amanda, you know, yeah, we're doing my show. And yeah, when I heard that she was in rehab, I was like, same girl. I'm We're so- all in a bad place right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this month sucks for everyone. No one's having a good... I, I no, decided uh, the world has been bad for the past two yeah, weeks. Uh-huh. February sucked ass. <laughs> yeah, no one had a good February. <laughs> who, who has a good February? What That's the a good fuck? question. In this February... I've never had a good February. That's true. And this February seemed like it lasted like 100 weeks. That's yeah, just because this February. past week has been so rough. Fuck you, February. Fuck you, February. Go suck a dick. Go suck a big old dick. Yeah. Well, let's in jump a bad way. In the like the worst way. Like such a big dick. You're like, I can't handle this, and you like immediately gag on that dick. Yeah, sorry guys. Like I love sucking dick. Me too. But I still say go suck a dick as a insult. Oh, go suck a dirty dick. Go suck a dirty little dick. Yeah, <laughs> a, gr- a dirty tiny dick. Mm-hmm. So you can deep throat that dirty dick. Go suck a trailer park dick. Ew. Okay, well, on to my spooky scoop. (laughs) (laughs) Casual change events. So my spooky scoop, a couple episodes ago, I don't remember what episode, because we're on episode 18 now, but I talked about how some spooky scoops will be breaking news spooky scoops. So if something happened in the true crime community that I'm like, ooh, that's pretty fascinating, I'll mention that, like a specific, like a quick little case that happened or anything like a current case that just started happening, I'm going to talk about it. So today is a very quick breaking news spooky scoop. Breaking news. So um, someone ordered a pizza. This happened on Tuesday of this week. So what was that? Like February like 26th or something? Sure. 26th, 27th. It was a Tuesday, like three days ago. Um, Someone ordered a pizza to a vacant house and they killed the <laughs> delivery guy. What the fuck? Okay, so <laughs> casual. So 30-year-old Bobby Jenkins just started working at Stacy's Pizza in Philadelphia. Oh, no. At 7 p.m. on Tuesday, he was taking an order... Um, to a home in West Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground where I spent most, most of my, my days chilling, chilling out, Max, relaxing, all cool, and I shoot some b-ball outside of school. And I got all the guys. Okay. <laughs> Will Smith is like, you're suit. He's like, yeah, fuck, I'm suit. So he was taking an order to a home in West Philadelphia, and that's where he was met with a burglar, or the robber, I guess, and now a murderer. Holy shit. And um, he whipped out a 9 millimeter handgun, and he... Um, shot and killed Bobby Jenkins and robbed him of, like, the pizza and his delivery money and things like that. <laughs> it reminds me of Leroy Jenkins. Anyways, continue. Leroy Jenkins. I forgot about Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> the 10-year anniversary Friday. was, like, a year or two ago? I don't remember. 10 continue. years? The 10 years was, like, I think a year or two ten ago. Years? Or, like, a year ago. That blows my mind that we're yeah. old enough to think of I think things, 2018 was the 10-year anniversary. Whoa. I could be wrong about that, but I think that is. Okay. Fuck. Fuck. Y'all, and if y'all don't we don't need to go into it. Continue. That'll be a separate podcast episode. That's like a, is on Leroy James. Yeah, that's like a fag effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pretty much. Because there's like there's like legitimate there's legitimate like backstory to where 
at the time that they did raids in World of Warcraft, you literally would have to take hours, like literally hours of real life to prepare in game. Hmm. Like you would need to go, like people would literally be like, you go get these amount of potions and these amount of supplies and it would take you hours to get the ingredients to make these potions so that everybody was ready to go do this like five hour raid. And then Levi's is just like, fuck it. I don't care. Fuck. That was like the beginning of like trolling and like. Memes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's so funny and people don't really realize that is that because he like fucked over like <laughs> 20 people's lives with like i don't you don't even know how many real life hours were put into plan to do that raid that he just fucks over so <laughs> anyways sorry sorry so going back to this very serious murder <laughs> so bobby jenkins was shot and killed last tuesday delivering pizza to a vacant house so investigators connected this robbery and murder with another robbery that took place earlier this February. It's like on February 9th or Damn. something. Um, so far, they don't have any leads, uh, but they're, they sent out this huge warning to all food delivery people, whether, you know, it's DoorDash, Uber Eats, pizza delivery, Chinese delivery, doesn't matter. They sent out a huge warning to be really careful and aware and to make sure that the house that you're delivering to isn't vacant because there is a trend that's starting to happen in Philadelphia. So if you live in Philadelphia... Don't stop being a delivery food person. Don't quit your job if you're a delivery person. So definitely quit and you know, don't order Uber Eats for a while to a vacant house. Be be a be a dime. Be a gem and don't Shit. hurt people. So that's the breaking news I have. I, it was really crazy to me because it could be the beginning of a serial killer, possibly. Yeah, yeah. And so Did they ca- capture him? No, they have no clues. Or they, it's a, like they don't know at all who that's it is. Intense. They they're connecting the robberies and murders together of like those two different instances. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. Ooh, that's cool. Because it's 2000. Sorry. I... It's, well, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree. That's why I chose I it. I think it's cool. That's Sorry. why I decided it would be a good spooky scoop because this could be the beginnings of a serial killer, a serial burglar, which yeah. in today's day and age you don't really hear about. So I thought it was pretty interesting that Damn. that's happening. So yeah, if you're in Philadelphia, definitely be on the lookout for that. And if you have any tips or anything like that, just contact the Philadelphia PD because they will be glad to accept your tips. That's my spooky scoop today. Yeah, okay. Breaking news. Spooky scoop. Scoopy scoop. Scoopity whoop. Scoopity whoop. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. Y'all go look it up. It's funny. Okay, mine today, yes. my main story, is on the Myrtle's Plantation. Daddy. Daddies. Okay, so the Myrtle's Plantation is a historical home and former plantation in uh, St. Francisville, Louisiana. It was built in 1796 by General David Bradford and is often referred to as one of America's most haunted homes. Yeah, Pretty I much could... everything is always most top 10 or whatever. So well, specifically a plantation. <laughs> I feel like some bad shit happened there. Uh-huh, right. Yeah. No, totally. So um also I didn't know that plantation can be taken as like a offensive word. Um yeah. it is still called the Myrtles Plantation, y'all because like they're people in Louisiana, so they're still going to call it plantation. Um, if that offends y'all, like, I'm sorry, but this is what it's called is, is Myrtle's Plantation. Does Plantation offend because Plantation is It just carries the weight slavery? of slavery. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I get that. But that's, like, what it, that's what it's called. And I guess, like, whenever I hear the word Plantation, I, like, tends up a little bit. Because I'm yeah. like, ugh, like. Well, well that's no. why I said, like, so much bad shit yeah. happened Yeah, well, there. and recently, like, I guess, like, a side scoopy, uh, spooky scoop is, like, uh, last year... Last year, there's this like in some town. There's a place called Blah 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 Plantation. Mm-hmm. It was like a subdivision and had plantation in the name. And this old like seventy year old guy 
kept trying to get the the people to change it because it was offensive mm. and so they didn't so he like literally knocked the sign down oh. and like put it into a fountain yes yeah i just read about that a couple yeah, weeks ago yeah. I, no it only happened like and, a few and, months and ago and so it didn't occur to me that that word could be offensive or triggering to people yeah. until that happened That's i was like oh that makes right sense there. yeah so sorry but the place is still called Bertle's plantation okay so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like silent over here. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <laughs> well, that's what it's called. Like, what else are they going to call it, you know? So, um, the, some of the history of the place. There's actually a lot of history, so just, like, put your fucking history pants on and just, like, get ready. <laughs> okay? Someone's like, I have history pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, semi... It, it's it's relevant. It matters. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, when it was originally built, it was named Laurel Grove. And uh, as I said, you know, the guy Bradford, he lived there alone for several years until President John Adams pardoned him for his role in the Whiskey Rebellion. What's the Um, Whiskey Rebellion? So the Whiskey Rebellion is something that happened in, I forget the exact year, so just like, you know, bear with me, it's fine. What happens is like the uh, country becomes a new country and they put tax on whiskey to deal with the debts, the debts of doing the revolution. And then the people in rural state, rural states are just like, no, fuck this. We don't want taxes yeah. on our fucking whiskey. Same. And they're like, well, we need to do this to pay for the debts of like becoming our own country. They're like, do you want to be America? Yeah. And so they're <laughs> the like, well, fuck whiskey. you. We're going to bail. And so they're like, well, we're the fucking United States of America now. And so we're going to fucking send an army here and deal with it. So it was Whoa. the first like example of the United States of America being like, hey, we're a legitimate government and we have the power to de- to back up our laws i don't remember learning about that in high school at all yeah so but no yeah it is like the first like show of like hey we are a legit government Mm -hmm. because we can back up our laws and we they send like an army there damn so anyways he's one of like the big leaders of it um and so he was lived alone in the plantation for like a few years until he was pardoned by john adams and uh, when he was pardoned by john adams then his wife and their five children moved in so eventually he dies in 1808 and Elizabeth, his wife, continued running the plantation until 1817. When that happens, she hands over management to Clark Woodruff, who marries her daughter. So he basically becomes the new owner of the plantation. During this time, they have three children and two of the children die of yellow fever. Oof. Then uh, that's 1823 and 1824 when those two children die. And then in 1831, Elizabeth dies as well. And so Clark and the remaining daughter of that whole marriage, they move away. And they eventually sell the place in 1834 to a Ruffin and Mary Sterling. And this was pre-Civil War, so he sold the land and the slaves. Ugh. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, just like American history. It sucks. <laughs> the Sterlings, uh, so when the Sterlings take this, they... Get, they do like an extensive remodeling of the house. They double the size of the house and they get all this fancy furniture and stuff from Europe and they decorate the house to just be like crazy expensive. And it's at this time when they take the house in 1834 that it is changed to the myrtles. And it, uh, the wife chose it after the crepe myrtles that grew in the vicinity. So then eventually Sterling dies in 1854 and leaves the plantation to the wife. And then the Civil War happens. So during the Civil War, the plantation is ransacked by Union soldiers and all of the fine furniture, etc., is stolen by the Union soldiers. Okay. Okay. So then we go to 1865 and Mary Sterling hired 
uh, William Winter to help manage the plantation, and then he married one of the daughters. Classic sort of the same, situation. Like the same thing happens again. Basically, Jesus. they have six children, and then one of them dies of typhoid at age three in the house. Um, okay, this place is getting like more haunted by the. No, second. seriously, like by now, there's like at least six or seven people who have died in the house, and it's not th- including all the slaves that were. Oh, I'm sure died. died. And yeah, they probably and aren't even listed because four of those that we like have listed, they died like of a bad cause. So other people mm. have just died of just like old age. Just cash, yeah. But just like other than that, yeah. Four people have died of like illnesses at this time. So in 1871, William Winter, now the new owner because he married the daughter, um, he's killed on the porch of the house by possibly a man named E.S. Weber. But basically he's shot Oof. and then he is mortally wounded runs into the or like you know staggers into the house and then climbs up the the stairs this is a very dramatic and scene. dies and we'll get back to that and i'll get back to that sad scene um later on to like w- because his ghost is in the house and haunts the house ah so sorry yeah this is a little bit a lot of history but it's important m- yeah 90 percent of what i'm talking about has a relation to a haunting later on fun yeah so we'll be Ghosts. good then basically just to sum up my last like five points really quickly from this point on in 1871 it goes basically to William Winter's son, um, who then, because of debts from the Civil War, they have to sell the house and they buy it back to two years later. Mm. And then they just like move away again and then sell the house. And then it passes through like five or six different owners okay. until finally in the 1950s, the house itself is sold to Majori Munson, um, who has the first like record of noticing that there are ghost like, you know, hauntings in the house. They're like, Fuck, this place is spooky. <laughs> no, yeah. And so then it like goes through a couple more ownerships through that time because they're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking haunted. <laughs> and, and then it gets to this uh, person named Francis Myers. And this is the first uh, really big instance in the 70s where they're like, oh, hey, this place is totally haunted. And she writes a book about it. Okay. And she's like, this place is fucking haunted. Turns it into a and b and is like, come visit this place. It's haunted, blah, 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 blah. So uh, we get then to today where the current owners, John and Tita Moss. Tita. Um, Titty. They still have this ha- uh, the house open for view. And you can come and take a tour of the plantation in the house grounds. And, or you can also spend the night. And this is in Louisiana. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. If we ever find ourselves in Louisiana, we should go. Yeah, right? I want to totally go do a fucking... Like before I'm 35. Mardi Gras. I want to go do Mardi Gras there. So now we get into the supernatural happening. Ooh, okay, okay, cool. So while it is currently a and b it is supposedly the home of at least 12 ghosts. And that's understandable because there's about 10 murder, uh, well, claimed murders to happen in the house. Okay. But there is only one official, like, backup of those 10 murders. So of okay. those 10 murders that happen in the house, one of them has, like, historical backing and, like, is actually credible. But the other ones are like, I The other one's just that. like, oh, my God, ghost story, ghost story. Yeah, like, oh, my God, well, that's not just nine ghosts. I heard there's ten. Yeah, right. No, seriously. So the plantation, um, first of all, is rumored to be on top of what? An what? Indian burial ground. Yep, a fucking <laughs> ancient Tunica Indian bur- burial ground. Welcome to America. And Yeah, right. And as such, there is reports of a Native American woman that can be seen walking around the grounds at night. Oh! <gasps> Which is scary as fuck. That's scary as Imagine fuck. Imagine me like walking around ah. and then just seeing some girl just like walking around at night. I'm like, what's up, girl? I mean, I guess you're scary yourself walking around at night, right. but like, you know, you have a flashlight and that girl does it. Ah. <laughs> oh my god! And you're like, why the fuck don't you have a fucking flashlight? Today, Corey, my back. Your back to the abyss. an open abyss. No, I Ew. hate this. 
Um, <clears throat> I'm not having fun anymore. I just get sucked into my dirty clothes. I call an Uber immediately. I'm like, I gotta. You're go. like, I'm gone. <laughs> my friend died. <laughs> I would just wake up, Bakes, be like, "You're taking me home. Taking also, me you home. need to leave the house. Also, Corey's, Corey's dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Last point. Corey's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Last, the least important part of that. First haunting. Second, Corey's. I dead. think if Corey died, I, I respect this week. that. If I die, don't just that'll be the last bit of information <laughs> i'm like also corey's dead also no, corey's Corey, dead. i think if you died this week that would be like it for That'd me be it. i'd be like fuck it like, <laughs> just like throw myself off of a roof i cannot handle so in addition to the classic orbs lights footsteps and random apparitions that are like you know classic for every haunting yeah we have some like really cool collections of like stories on the plantation so yes, yes one yes. is as i said recent or before that during the civil war the house was ransacked by union soldiers so the legend claims that there were three Union soldiers that were killed in the house at this time. So supposedly there is a blood stain that is left in the doorway of the gentleman's parlor hmm. that is left by one of these di- dying soldiers. And after, like, I don't know exactly what happened, but the plantation house was opened up after the Civil War and was turned into an inn for sort of a bit of time or something. I don't know exactly. Okay. Um. So when, the, when they went in and, like, tried to sort of refurbish the plantation... They, uh, the maid started, one of the maids was reporting, like trying to clean up the blood spot. And when she's cleaning up the parlor, she gets to the blood spot and her, like some unseen force stops her mop (gasps) from getting over the blood spot. Right. And so she like literally is like fighting it and then she can't. So she runs away. Smart. Um, (laughs) Other, other versions of that legend are that, you know, classic, they clean up the blood spot and the next day they come back and it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently both of those, for both of those iterations of the, of the legend, that sort of happened for about a month mm-hmm. and then the blood spot went away. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's that. So back to William uh, Winter, the one who got shot yeah, on the porch. Upstairs. So what happened is he gets shot on the porch and he's mortally wounded. So he starts to crawl and like stamper into the house and he starts to call out for his wife because he knows he's dying. <gasps> And so he says he gets up to the, in the legend, he gets up to the 17th step. 17's my lucky number! No, so he gets up to the 17th step and he collapses into his wife's arms and dies in her arms on the 17th step. Yeah. So there's reports of people seeing, or first hearing uh, footsteps, like stamper up to the 17th step. And they said people will like follow it. And then when it gets to the 17th step, the steps stop and the sounds stop. Oh, fuck. This is creepy as fuck. People have also reported seeing a guy a man crawl up to the 17th <gasps> oh, step and then disappear fuck that yeah and then in, and then like you know shittier versions of the legend yeah um people just say he crawled up calling out to his wife oh. but she never came like she never got to him in time so he just dies on the 17th step alone but we're not doing that because this past week has been horrible yeah so and the true legend is the wife meets him at the 17th step, and she he dies in her arms. To prevent okay. me from having another panic attack, that's the <laughs> right? story we're going to go with. Oh, seriously. <laughs> we're going to give you happier versions of these tales so I don't yeah, kill so myself. so fuck the sad version. <laughs> fuck that version. So if you want to get sad, wrong podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so there's also a haunted mirror. Um, oh, of course the there house. is. In the legend that I will get to, uh, uh, two children and a wife die because they're poisoned. Great. So in this legend, though, uh, associated with the mirror when the mother and her two children die by custom especially in the south um, and then in most place or places around the world you cover uh, mirrors when people die especially when you have a funeral in the home and stuff like that really mm-hmm. I've never heard of that before yes yeah, so you're supposed to cover um, mirrors and I think it's also a Jewish like religious tradition because Why? you cover it to I think for the Jewish one it's more to like 
put your vanity away and not okay. to look at yourself and reflect on the people who've passed or something like okay. that. I'm gonna that's do a not a direct. Scoop. Please don't quote me on that. I think that's sort of like <laughs> someone's the idea. like you're wrong. <laughs> They're like you fucking wrong. You fucking. Okay, wasp, I'm gonna Google bitch. this, and episode 19 spooky scoop will be that because that really interests me. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a big thing, and I like most people when, when we use it nowadays. It's it's mostly done in movies, and it's used as sort of like a thematic element to be like spooky yeah but i think like um i don't know where it originally comes from but i do know like in like sort of a jewish tradition is to do that but then i think it's also like a and just most religious traditions to do that do mormons and what i've heard from the jewish standpoint when somebody told me was like to protect like to to like do away with vanity so you don't like focus on yourself yeah it's not about you reflecting on the person the person who passed away that could be totally wrong at that so don't don't quote me on that's kind of poetic almost i kind of like that like yeah it's cut, sweet it's yeah. sweet like uh-huh. this is not a time to think about me this is time to think about that person exactly yeah kinda, and yeah. um but nowadays if you see it in a movie it'll like never address that part yeah. it addresses like oh because like the souls will get trapped in the mirror or something like mm. that so this is part of the legend is they didn't they covered all the mirrors in the house except for they forgot this mirror so okay. the souls of the two children and the mother were trapped in the mirror oh Jesus. and so people will see their images in the mirror just staring at them or they'll also have Bye. handprints no. show up on the mirror that you nope. can't wipe away because it's from the inside ah! <laughs> is that tre- creepy I'm gonna throw up in the bathroom if you need me because that's scary it's fucking creepy <laughs> If um, I like rolled up to my mirror and there was handprints and I'd be like, I'm, I'm out. And you can't wipe it off. I'd be like, I'm killing myself. I would just like shatter the mirror and be like, I guess that's it for me. I'd <laughs> call you and be like, noobs You just back. start tearing off your face. Yeah. Like Ooh. from Poltergeist. <laughs> and I have the nails to You're do like, it. Like, <laughs> you. So um, there's also a voodoo girl um, <gasps> that is seen on the plantation. And it is a young girl who died in 1868. And despite, uh, like, while well, she 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 died being treated by a local voodoo voodoo practitioner, but she died during one of the rituals or whatever they were doing. So she is also reported to be seen in the room practicing voodoo. I don't know what that means. They but never express cool what shit. she's doing. But then on top of that, most people report that they wake up and see her standing over <gasps> in the fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I could not handle it. People, you know, people say that all the time when they'll like see their grandparents or their significant other like within the week that they pass they'll like wake up in the middle of the night and see them standing at their bed like the the end of their bed i'm like if i like <laughs> note to anybody in my life that i know if you die do not fucking I'm show up in my room you. at 3 a.m i will fucking kill myself i'm gonna purposefully <laughs> die first you're gonna be like 85 and i'll be no. like Curry. no i will kill my fu- if i wake up at 3 a.m and there is anything standing at the end of my bed i will kill myself it's me and toulouse like <laughs> I, yeah i will bang my head against the wall until i die so yeah note to anyone also same to anyone i know like jordan if you die first God you better like damn. contact me a different way don't wake me up with you know. staring just at me. like Show up in the corner of my room at like 5 p.m. Do something special, like just leave know. some flowers on the counter. Right, yeah, like <laughs> send me a fucking ass pick through like my phone. I do like not... a ghost ass pic. Yeah, like do not show up. Do not show up in my room when it is past 9 p.m. <laughs> do not, because <laughs> I will think you're a demon and I will kill myself. Yeah, I'm not gonna believe that you're my love. I'm just gonna assume that you're out to get just me. Please don't show up in a dream. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, Toulouse showed up in my dreams. Yeah. Across this week. It was very special yeah. and also led to multiple panic attacks. Yeah, <laughs> that's the correct way. Boost knows. Boost knows. Boost got it. That's true. <laughs> so this is like, thank you. No, yeah. <laughs> so also on top of that, there's a grand piano 
that repeats the same uh, chord over and oh, over again. Classic. And will classic. even has been reported to even continue throughout the an entire night. <gasps> that kind of um, reminds me of Insidious. Of course, too. like classic, classic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, classic. Oh my God, that reminds me of Patrick. Patrick. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> when he yells and starts oh. choking her, I'm like, oh. God damn! I just like, <laughs> choke me. I'm like, spit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> choke me and spit my fucking mouth. <laughs> I'm like, haunt me, daddy. <laughs> yes, Jordan. So when you like are stuck in the astral plane, just yeah. play the piano and like. And you like haunt another vessel. Yeah, ooh, but it and can't choke take me you, so it. it starts deteriorating. Hot. Lore. <laughs> Hot. Yeah. Spoiler. So, um. <laughs> So basically, but like classic, whenever you walk into the room, uh, mm. the chords immediately stop. The piano stops playing. Oh yeah, classic, classic. Yeah. There's also a young girl that has reported with been reported with long curly hair, and wearing an ankle length dress. She has been seen floating outside the window of the game room um, in the Chill. house, and she's cupping her hands in the window trying to peer inside. <gasps> Yeah. No, that goes back to our worst fear of the windows. Ugh. We talked about that before Ugh, in a previous stop. episode. That would destroy me. I'm done. Ugh, <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I hate windows. I hate mirrors. I hate glass. I hate almost anything just, yeah, that exists. Much, when it's like dark, I'm like, I hate everything. <laughs> yeah, as soon as it's past like 8 p.m., I'm yeah, like, like, fuck, fuck this. this. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like, looking outside. <laughs> so um, people believe that this is either Cornelia Woodruff or one of the Sterling children that died of yellow fever. Oh, I don't know yes. who the fuck Woodruff is, but like it's one other one of those people that own the fucking house, okay? Basically a bunch of people fucking yeah. died. I actually think Cornelia Woodruff is the one who died of typhoid. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's also a lot of people who died of consumption, which is actually, we know today, TB. Mm. But like, yeah, we're good. Also, last little story is one employee was hired to greet guests uh, at the front gate each day. And uh, one day... While he was at work, a woman in white in an old-fashioned dress walked through the gate without speaking to him. She strolled up to the house and vanished to the front door without ever opening it. And the 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 like day that this happened, like this is the guy's first day. He yeah. was like, "Fuck this and quit." That'd <laughs> be exactly man. me. Smart. Yeah, I'd be like, um, some, I want Some I would... girl in like a white dress just like passed through me and disappeared. No. You're like, I don't like this job. Yeah, I'm like I'm fucking done. <laughs> Okay, so now we get to like the main, the main big story, like the the most well known ghost of the Myrtle Plantation. Okay. So uh, it's Chloe, um, who was a slave owned by Clark and Sarah Woodruff. What? Nothing. I just heard a spooky noise. Oh, it might be me. Bakes. Bakes probably just woke up. Yes, I'm just. Whenever it's your segment, I get really spooked. Oh no, agree. Yeah. Because <laughs> like the yeah. supernatural stuff is so it's much so scarier to me. It's so scary. Because yeah. true crime, I mean, is obviously it's more horrific, just like because it's real, mind-boggling. That's the whole I'm thing. Just like, because the supernatural is so it's just such fuckery. Except for uh, Eliza. A lot, yeah, Alyssa Lamb. Alyssa Lamb, sorry, yeah. She fucked me up. But that was yeah. also the episode we talked about the black eyed children. Be- yeah, and that uh, that's scary. Fucked that, me uh, up. That already makes me scared. That's I our still, New Year's like, episode. Still to this day, my life is like, you know, that much more ruined. Yeah, like I, I'm just that much it, more scared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I like end work. And like if it's late at night and right? I get into my car, I'm like I can't look outside the window. I can't look outside. Oh, the window. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! Do you remember when we would pull our all our whoa English yeah, our all nighters and we would walk out and we'd hear the train station and like that uh, creaking? That yes. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Hell! Uh, it was hell opening up right next to us. It's like down a dark alley. I'm yeah, like, what it's the like fuck. Lit- yeah. Like if I walked down there, I would never come back. Exactly. And if I came back, it's not me. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm quoting Corey on that. <laughs> if I walk down that alley and I come back, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. <dead. laughs> I'm a demon. <laughs> 
Yeah, so this girl named Chloe. Um, so she, what happened is she baked a cake, um, but she baked a cake containing the extract of boiled and reduced oleander leaves, which is extremely poisonous. Like, I think every aspect of this plant is like the leaves, the flower, really? everything is like poisonous if you can like get enough of it or whatever. I've never heard of an ole- oleander and plant. So the legend sort of like diverged into two different reasons why she did this. So the first reason is that Clark Woodruff, her quote unquote owner, Ugh. um, like, had pressured her or more just, like, forced her into being her mistress. Of so course. So she took revenge on the, like, almost certain rape that basically happened. You know how, like, common that was? Like, yeah, like, 12, year, 12 years a slave. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's so horrific to yeah. think of what these women and men and everybody went through. It's just so fucking, so, like, go you, Chloe. Like, you yeah. fucking poisoned you fucking him. That fucking cake. Go you, like girl. I would do that. if someone did that to me. I'd be like, you're fucking dead. So, so the cake. second reason is that they say that she was trying to redeem her position by curing the family of the poisoning. So she was gonna like give them all this cake, okay. slightly poison them, oh, and but then wait, she's gonna more. be like, oh no, I'll help you with like my remedies that I have and yeah. stuff like that. And she said that her sort of position was in the family or like position as like I don't know of like slaves i don't know like the dynamic of yeah. what was going on but basically she was caught listening on clark woodruff's business endeavors li- like listening through keyholes mm. so they cut off her ear <gasps> yeah and then um and she was trying to poison them to then later like you know gain favor again and, and lose her status so Shit. in the legend she is she is seen as like having a green turban on and a white apron okay. and so uh, the legend is, is that because they cut her ear off she wears the green turban her her plan sort of backfires when she poisons the cake, and it it doesn't it doesn't like make them sick. It kills the mother and it kills the two children. <laughs> and this is legend, Bye. and the legend has been very debunked because it is referring to the mother and the two children that died of yellow fever. Oh, okay. And those people didn't even die at the same time. They all like the two children died back to like you know in thirty three and thirty four. Yeah. Um, eighteen thirty three and eighteen thirty four. But then the woman, not the, the mother, dies like six years later in forty one. Okay, so this so. is strict legend. This is totally This is just ghost story right now. Yeah, this is totally a ghost story. What happens is her, they die. It is reported in the legend that the other slaves of the plantation then take Chloe because they figure out that she did it and they hang her and then they throw her body into the Mississippi the River. The other slaves. Yeah. And so went, they do that so that the they don't, like, they don't get, you know, attacked or, you know, anything like that yeah because, maybe they're scared now oh yeah because they don't want to be harboring her so if like the dude fi- if woodruff figures out but, yeah, that this happened and they're like y'all knew and you know just like takes out his anger on them so they mm. do it to her first they kill her first so they don't get any of the retribution or basically something like that <laughs> so just like shitty slave dynamics basically. oh my god yeah so um her and her apparition has just been spotted most most times by workers and the plantation owners or mortals plantation owners and the uh and like visitors alike, they just see her body just like floating around the, uh, mostly inside the house instead That's of outside the house. Horrific. Yeah. So, Frances Myers, the woman in the '70s who I said wrote the book and yeah. like sort of made it into a big B and B thing, she reported seeing Chloe, and so she said that she was asleep one night down in the downstairs bedroom, and she awoken. She was awoken suddenly by a black woman wearing a green turban and a long white dress. 
she was standing uh, silently beside her bed, oh. but she could see here clear as day, and she didn't look different. She looked like an actual, just like real person standing there, right? I'm like, so I know scared. it's like freaking me out. I'm like gonna see a pair of legs behind you, and I'm like kill myself. <laughs> if you see a mm-hmm. pair of legs I won't behind say anything. me, I'll just kill myself. Yeah, so. like, Corey just dies. I'm like, I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm like, well, everybody, <laughs> we're dead. <laughs> so basically, she cover- she freaks out and cut what? I just heard a spooky noise. Oh. Oh, this this house creaks a crap ton. Yeah. Like, if there were demons in this house, you wouldn't even I wouldn't even know, because they'd be so mad, because they're I'd like, just be yeah. like, it's the fucking house. <laughs> they're like, God damn they're it. They're like, it's me. <laughs> just notice me. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, th- actually, the, the thing to the attic is right above us. Fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. I have to sleep every night. It's chill. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks Have you ever bad. been up to the attic? No, I'm not going to fucking go We should there. fucking go. Cause maybe no, there's... no. I don't want to wake anything up up there. You can... No, you can't even do that because I have to fucking sleep in this house Here, for the next right, four months. When you move out in July... That was the most whitest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Let's go fucking check the attic. <laughs> That's why I would die in a horror film. Yeah, uh-uh. Okay, <laughs> when you move out, like the last day, we're no, going to check No, I'm the not... Attic. No, because then we're going to get fucking cursed by it. And I'm not going up there. <laughs> right? The, the, the I don't demon, want my jaw ripped out. The demon's like, please, right yeah. above us right he's now. Like, he's like, yes, Chana. <laughs> he's like rubbing his clit <laughs> now he knows where it is he knows he where heard. it is because he heard us <laughs> you're welcome demon he's like oh that explains right what that is he's like i've been going so low <laughs> but yeah so she basically covers her covers her like you know face with with the covers okay and then she says she after a minute slowly peeks behind the covers no, no. and she's still just right there staring at her so she says she reaches out to touch her i don't even understand this <laughs> She reaches out to touch Chloe. Yeah. Um, and when she reaches out and about touches her, right before her fingers get to her, she just disappears. I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. So that's the Myrtle Plantation. Shit, fuck, that's motherfucker. That's like all the. They had like uh, really cool little stories going on there. Okay, so if you're in Louisiana, please go visit Myrtle Plantation. Yeah, and you can currently go do this. You can go take a tour, or you can go spend the night there. Spend the night and send us pictures. Yeah. So if you live in Louisiana, which I know we have listeners in Louisiana, get that piano. I want to get that piano. Hell yeah! Take get a, video a video of the piano. Of like that piano playing, and then when you turn and walk into it, it like stops. Yes. So send us pics. Send us videos. Or, Corey, we should just go to Louisiana. We should, like, you know what we should do? Go to Mardi Gras. We should, for, for the Mardi Gras adventure. Yeah. But we should come up with a list of the 10 most haunted places in the United States and go to go to. Oh, them. like, there's already, like, 18 lists. But we already talked about how we're going to go to um, Queen Mary. Eventually. Yes, that'd be fun. That's in California. I also right wanted there. to go to Zach Baggins. Um, museum, the haunted museum. Oh yeah, in Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah, because it has the the. But then I read box. about it. I don't want to deal with that, Jenna. Because <laughs> you have to sign a waiver before you I go in. I won't be able to sleep because you go. There's one like haunted doll. Yes, and you have to greet it when you, you walk. You have through. to greet it, mm-hmm. and then when you walk out, you have to say bye. And if you don't, you're like fucked. Or it, it's it's that, or you also can go and not say anything, but you can't look. I think if you don't say anything. You just can't look at it. I don't know the exact like rules, oh. but like fuck that. I, I we have to go. It's like six no, hours. No, like, I read about it. it's forty bucks. We literally have to go to take pictures for the Instagram. No, I can't. Trying to be too scared. Like I would be. I couldn't do it. Okay, here's what we'll do. We'll go to Vegas and we'll take I'll pictures outside go. of it. I'll watch you go. Like I can't. You know, you have to sign a waiver when you go inside. You don't have to go into that room with the doll, though. But you have to sign a waiver to even enter the museum. True. Because so maybe people I'd have go died. into the museum, okay. but then I would watch you go into that room, but. I wouldn't go. I really, really wouldn't go. Yeah. Because I feel, again, that's just, like, too much, It's like, too much of a, of a dice roll, and it's, yeah. like, poking. And yeah. I guess since I already have experiences with demons, like, noob, yeah. I don't know if it it's... It, like, looks at you, and it's like, Hey, Hi. Channa. <laughs> How's noob? 
I'd be like, what? I would like, you see me like do a backbend and crawl out. Like you're like, Chana's possessed. My head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah. Well, fuck. That's scary in the plantation. Yeah, Your segment always spooks me the fuck out. That's fun. Like, yeah. And I know we have listeners where they've like messaged us being like, now I have to be by myself after I listen to your guys' podcast. Because uh-huh. our podcast has a lot of comedy in it. But yeah. if you take away the comedy, it's, it's so creepy. scary. Yeah, it's so saying. creepy. God. Okay, well, let's jump into my true crime segment today. Yes. We're going to talk about the Grimes sisters. Ooh. Not do, from the do, band. Do, 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 do. So yeah, there's a there's a artist. Her name is Grimes. Yes. Well, I don't know what her real name is. She was dating or still is dating Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. So that's probably how probably you know her, her from. But uh, she single handedly fueled our drug experiences <laughs> at <laughs> with 46. just two songs. That's with how powerful <laughs> she is. <laughs> like those two songs will follow me into what my is it grave. called? What are they? It's um. You'll remember more. Yeah, I, can, I literally, yeah, I, I thought of the on. titles before you asked me. Genesis? Genesis and, and like, let me see. Uh, it's like another, you know, word like Oblivion. that. Oblivion. Oblivion. <laughs> 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 Just another like pretentious word like that. And cue like 10 second clip of it. So yeah, if y'all don't know, Genesis, I think it's Genesis. Genesis That's that one the, that I'm doing. Yeah. That's the one where like. It's if the Meow heaven, song. Yeah. If Oh, that Genesis is the Meow, Meow, yeah. Meow, Meow. Oh, wait. Meow, then meow, Oblivion meow, is the other one. Meow. Yeah. Oblivion actually, is my favorite one. I haven't listened to those songs since last time I did some hard drugs. Yeah. But that like <laughs> my my view of the afterlife is listening is like Oblivion on repeat. Yes. Just like in your ears, just like almost like non-diegetic to your existence. And you're just like, we're dancing on the salt flats with like Erica. Okay. And we're just I... like, with, we have like shawls that yes! are just like blowing in the Corey, wind. Yes. During 46, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do a photo shoot with uh-huh. Davis and Erica where I was like, shoot me and Erica on acid like as like gypsy women. Yeah. Like on, at like... dusk on the salt flats, yes, like right. gypsy women. Like if that isn't afterlife, I will be extremely disappointed. I still want to do it. We should do a Anyways Has Your Sex Life photo shoot now on the <laughs> salt flats so with gypsy things. <laughs> well, I sent you like the ridiculous photos that I found online. So I was like best friend photos. But like Eric, yeah, but Erica has to be like there. The, she's like there. She's like in the background, just like looking. Even at if the we Photoshop her, in. <laughs> yeah. She's just oh, like Erica, there. I do miss Erica. I haven't seen her in five years. Yeah, we, yeah. It'd be, she she lives in London now. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. She thinks she's doing her masters. Go her. She's like so fucking awesome. She, yeah. I think, I think she follows or, us on Instagram. But anyways, that's her sex mm-hmm. life. Yeah. So oh, thank you, cute. Erica. Okay, so going into the Grime Sisters. Which is separate from the Grimes drug fuel artist who we love. Yes. So this happened in 1956 in Cook County in Chicago. So I thought this was, it was kind of fun because I talked about Chicago last episode because we talked about Al Capone. Oh, yeah. And all the good stuff. So we're sticking in the Chicago region for, nice. this, ep- for this episode as well. So this is 1956. So the Grimes sisters, um, there was Barbara, she was 15, and Patricia, who was 13, and um, they fucking loved Elvis Presley, cause girls same, cause Elvis Presley was you know like the hottest thing, and he was so risque, cause he was doing the hit movements and this and that. Like my grandma, I remember she told me when Elvis Presley came out, cause she was born in nineteen 
1950. My grandpa was born in 1945. So, you know, they were, like, little kids during, like, the Elvis, when Elvis first became relevant. So, they were, like, children. They were born at, like, the perfect time. That'd be so cool to go through all those decades. Yeah, right. They were literally born in the perfect time. Because... Well, also, well, at the same time, you're, like, fucked. But you go to fucking Vietnam, though. I'll mention that in a second. So um, my grandma, she remembers when she was like a child, how her mother, so my great grandma, talked about how Elvis had like the devil inside of him and stuff. Because the older generation saw Elvis with hip movements. And then as, we like, hear the, the reality of the decades. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, it would be really cool to live in that generation, but very sad. It also would be sad because like. Women had the horrible lives and gays had horrible lives. And, and like, Vietnam. Because my grandma says, like, when she graduated high school, she watched all of her friends who were men leave for Vietnam. And or never come back. They just yeah. never came back. Yeah. And, like, that's just so... And, like, our generation is pretty disconnected from that because we've never experienced anything truly like that. Yeah. And so it would be pretty unreal. Like, if you went off to war and never came back, like, how much <laughs> that would fuck me up forever. It's yeah. just... It's crazy. I'm like, damn. <laughs> if I went off the war, I'd be like, yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, my grandpa, fun fact about my family, every, like every man in my family except my uncle who's currently serving the military, but I can't give his name, I don't think. But, yeah, um, yeah, okay. but every before my uncle, every man in my family has gotten out of war because everyone has either like flat feet or scoliosis. Or been to college or whatever. Or some, yeah. yeah, my grandpa had scoliosis, so that's why he couldn't go to Vietnam. Because oh, he went to wow. the doctor and they're like, nope, you have scoliosis. Damn. So I'm like, thank you, scoliosis. Because yeah. like, I might not exist. Okay, so anyways, so this is the 50s. Um, Elvis was really huge. Um, so the Grimes sisters, Barbara and Patricia, they had seen Elvis's new movie, Love Me Tender, at this point 13 times in theaters. Holy so shit. obsessed with them. Same. That's what I did when Moonrise Kingdom came out in 2013. I saw, like, Return of the King three times. Damn, that's, that's a long movie. That's the most movie. I've ever seen a movie in the theaters before. The most I've ever seen is Moonrise Kingdom, and it was five times. Holy theaters. shit, you saw it five times in theaters? Yeah. Yeah, I did. It Pikachu was, face. It was wonderful. I miss the Pikachu memes. I know, right? So I miss um, the moth memes. Oh, the moth memes were. The I saw. I saw a new moth meme yesterday, and I was like, "Yeah." You're like you precious human for posting <laughs> uh-huh. that. So on December seventeenth, nineteen fifty six, the Grimes sisters left their house at around seven thirty p.m. to go see another showing. A love me tender. So this is their fourteenth time seeing it. Holy they loved Elvis. Shit. Um, and they were possibly going to see a double feature of that movie, um, that night at Brighton Theater. So they left the house with about $2.50 on them, you know, Same. which was plenty for a double feature for two people at the time. And um, they were set to return by 11.45 if they did end up seeing the double feature earlier, if they were coming home after one movie. But 11.45 would kind of be the latest they'd come home. So a friend of the girls sat behind them at the movies, and they actually saw the Grimes sisters um, standing in line at the concession stand getting popcorn. Like, they, and all these witnesses came out, and they saw the girls in the Like, movies. they were there. They were there. Like, yeah. 100% they were there. Um, so their mother, her name's Loretta Grimes, she'll come up uh, multiple times throughout this, my little segment. Um, so she started getting worried when midnight arrived and the girls still weren't home. And so she sent two of the older siblings to the bus stop to wait for their sisters. But by two o'clock in the morning, with no sign of their sisters, it was clear that something was very wrong. So they alerted the police. Because mm-hmm. they're like, yo, they left for the movies. They were supposed to be back three hours ago or two hours ago. And they're still not back. So at first, as classic case, we've talked about this with Dorothy Arnold, with all of these like old time kidnapping murders. This is a constant trend. The cops were skeptical of it. <laughs> They were like, hey, you know, they're just teenagers. 
girls will be girls. They're just like out girls with their Girls will be girls boyfriends. just like going places and then never returning. Yeah, it's just fine. Girls. Like That's we have bigger do. things to worry about. Like we need to go catch the gays. So anyways, they figured they- <laughs> We need to go set up the gays and we, go witch hunt. <laughs> we got, we ha- we're late to our three o'clock More witch, important. Clock, witch hunt appointment. So <laughs> fuck you. So they figured that the girls, they just went out with their secret boyfriends and they ran away. Um, oh my god so when the girls didn't come home for like 24 hours the police were like uh whatever like they most likely ran away it's fine like let's just give it some time so loretta again she's the girl's mom she was fucking pissed she was like fuck you cops like this is unlike my daughters they respect me and respect her family and be honest and this is so against their nature and who they are and why would they run away? They didn't pack bags. They only had $2.50 in their pocket, which was barely, which was enough for a double feature. It's not going to get them anywhere. Yeah. Like, she pointed uh, out the logical side fiction. of the situation. Like, they didn't even have anything to run away with. And this was, like, the middle of winter in Chicago. This is December. They're no, not going to uh, run away wrong, with, like... Wrong, wrong month to run away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she was pushing the cops to search for them. And because of Loretta, this sparked one of the biggest missing persons cases in mer- missing persons cases in Chicago history. Ooh. So go you, Loretta, for being a fucking awesome mom. So a citywide search for the sisters was um, initiated, and hundreds of police officers were assigned full time to the search for the missing sisters. Oh my and god! And a task force de- um, was devoted solely to locating the sisters. Oh my god! Can I jump ahead really quick? Yeah. Is this some like? crazy ass like high political child sex slavery ring no okay um, you know maybe who knows but <laughs> maybe that is exactly what happened but like there's, there's so some much crazy cover shit up. like that Ooh, conspiracy yeah we're like bo- like little boys disappear there's a big one that was on some discovery channel where this little boy disappeared and everyone was like no he was there and we saw this that morning and the police are like yeah sure yeah but we think he just like left and they're like no we have all this evidence and then the police department's like Mm, like no as like they have a little boy in someone's like garage yeah Yeah. it's pretty unreal how corrupt fucking politicians and their child sex slavery rings it's like insane that's like like common current mood that's happening today it's like right now yeah it's happening right now um so you know maybe that happened to these two girls goddamn um for a second i don't know Anyways, continuing on. Um, so the police, like I mentioned, they had a task force. Um, they, you know, started looking pretty much everywhere in Chicago and the surrounding areas for these girls. Um, they conducted door-to-door um, investigating throughout the neighborhoods where the girls lived. Um, they, sorry, they started looking through canals and rivers and forests and this and that. They were looking everywhere. Uh, more than 15,000 flyers were distributed to local homes. Wow. and um, all of the church friends, because they like attended church every week. This is the fifties, you know. Yeah. Um, they put together, like, pulled together a thousand dollar reward for information leading to the whereabouts. And a thousand dollars in the fifties is a That's lot a of lot. money. Um, now, because of the efforts of police, friends, and pretty much the entire county in Chicago, um, more than three hundred thousand people would be interrogated in this case, what? and two thousand of those were thoroughly investigated. Shit. Um. However, this case still is cold. Um, Now, but, you know, as the days passed, the search stalled and law enforcement grew desperate to solve the case. Um, This is when random sightings of the missing Grimes sisters and theories started flooding through media outlets. All these or all of these theories were coming out and putting the girls in different places at different times. You know, it was just really messing up the timeline. So it became very difficult for the police to even create a solid timeline of the night, let alone the the information 
ends up not helping. Yeah, because people were like, oh, well, I saw them in Nashville, but I saw them here that same day, and I saw yeah. them here. So, like, the police were getting so many tips. It was just so difficult for them. Fucking tips. And also, at this time, it's important to note, and I mentioned this in previous episodes, this is the 50s. This is not 2019. So different counties, different police officers, things like that, they weren't sharing information with each other. So yeah. what one county heard versus the other, I mean, it was really difficult. And to it's keep really hard straight. to get that, like to to understand the reality of not having information all the time. Exactly. And that's what that's why I like watching the true crime documentaries because you get a glimpse into that. Just yeah. like how much those people like when you have the like interview parts of the documentary and they just explain what was like how much they didn't know what was going on, but they only got their information from this one police. Yeah, source. exactly. Yeah. It's so hard to put ourselves in that mentality because we're so used to just the instantly know- knowing anything. We can yeah. just go on Google or call any person yeah. or look at Buzz. <gasps> it was really cool. I was listening to a podcast earlier this uh, earlier this week and they were sort of mentioning mentioning how if you put. If you, if we just like went back in time to the fifties with our phones that like you know would you know magically work through the yeah. internet, we would be like got like X Men godlike because we, we could just be. immediately fact check something That's and be like oh no it's that 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 or we could be like I know where you live because you're on Facebook you know and ah, like, you know like yeah. we like we have this crazy instant access to information yeah that is almost sort of like a superpower level you know if we were back in the 70s or 80s or even 90s even in 2005 <laughs> like, yeah like a 14 year old has like basically a superpower that's really interesting it, it, i never I didn't thought think of it, it that, that way yeah it was really cool anyway sorry it's pretty cool we definitely take social media and the internet for granted right now because and like investigating today for police officers like investing in any case yeah. is so different than the 50s and like it kind of plays in my spooky scoop how the reason i chose my breaking news spooky scoop today is because you don't really hear about serial crimes happening as often yeah, as they did get, in the they 70s get, like you know stopped yeah exactly cuz like all before like the 70s and like 80s Every, everything was so disconnected. Like you yeah. didn't have, you couldn't just the easily call the next not, county. Like yeah, each precinct was like its own thing. Yeah, exactly. So you know, the majority of crimes that happened during this time, I'm almost. I mean, it's pretty much a guarantee. If it happened during today's day and age, you'd be able to figure it out. Yeah. But because of the lack of communication between different departments, and I mean, science and science, general science, it's just a total <laughs> fuckery. So, anyways. Going into sightings and the theories, you know, people claim to see the girls following a guy who looked like Elvis to a bar after the movie. What? People claim to see the girls getting into the car with a couple men. People claim to see the girls in restaurants, train stations, etc., you know, all throughout different areas in January. Um, Loretta, who is their mother, I mentioned her a couple times now, she even got ransom notes. Um, they all end oh, up being fuck. hoaxes um, who demanded money in exchange for the girls oh, or information are bitches and even the fbi followed through with some of these ransom notes but again they're all hoaxes That's fucking cunts and she wasn't just getting like one or two it was like multiple multiple hoaxes um you know people even thought that the girls orchestrated their own disappearance and ran away to nashville to meet elvis this theory 
was exploded by the fact that witnesses had reported seeing the sisters at a bus station waiting for a bus to Nashville. This theory escalated to the point where Elvis himself got involved. What? On January 19th, ni- sorry, January 19th, 1957, Elvis Presley actually made a public televised statement begging the girls to go home um, if they had, in fact, run away. He said, in quotes, if you are a good Presley fans, you'll go home and ease your mother's worries. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. So Elvis... I mean, even Elvis was involved. This was a, I mean, this was a heavily publicized event. And also during this time, and I read this, every website I went to, every video I watched, they always mentioned, you know, in the 50s, this is almost unheard of. Like this is one of like the first big cases in Chicago history where like two girls just completely go missing without a trace. And so it was public. I mean, it was so huge. Like everyone heard about it. It was just all over. Now, so Elvis made his plea on January 19th, and a couple days later, on January 22nd, 1957, um, following a warm day in which snow melted, Corey and I experienced that a few days ago, Mm. now it is currently snowing outside, Um, Leonard Prescott spotted what he later described as, quote-unquote, these flesh-colored things behind a guardrail as he drove along a rural county road named German Church Road. He initially thought these were mannequins, but he didn't approach it. Instead, he ran to his wife. Um, His wife's name is Marie. And together, Leonard and Marie, they went to the mannequins that he thought he saw in the snow, and they quickly realized that it was the naked bodies of Barbara and Patricia Grimes. Oh, no. Marie was so horrified that she fainted into, like, um, into Leonard's arms as he oh. had to carry her back to the car. Then they called the police to notify them what they found. Okay, so this next part is rated R. It's definitely pretty graphic. So if you don't like that type of shit, skip ahead. <laughs> like 15, yeah, 30 seconds. Yeah, you get triggered, go. Yeah, like I'm pretty much triggered from just reading this. So jump ahead 30 seconds. I mean, it's not as graphic as some things we've said in the past, but it's not <laughs> a good time. Like you're not going to like feel happy after this. Yeah. So the girl's body is... Um, lay upon a flat horizontal section of snow-covered ground directly behind the guardrail. Barbara Grimes lay on her side with her legs drawn slightly up towards her torso, while Patricia Grimes lay on her back with her body covering her sister's head and her own head turned sharply to the right, like sharply to the right. Um, Now there were bite marks or gashes all over their faces and their torso. Wait, they were assumed bite marks? Um, because they're assuming oh, they were animals, animal. like rodents. Okay, yeah. Because this is like nature. But yeah, but definite marks all over their oh, faces. So they're not like human bite marks. They're not like human bite oh, marks. God. That's like horrific. That's, That's like, like a next Ted level. Bundy. Jesus yeah. Christ. It's just um, gashes and just obviously um, their body, like their dead bodies are yeah. pretty fucked up. I wrote fuck in all parentheses and and bold. (laughs) Now, it is believed that the sisters had most likely been driven to this location in a car where their bodies were dragged out or just thrown from the vehicle um, behind the guardrail. And they're they're 13? 13 and 15. God fucking damn. So we're going to go through the autopsy right now. Um, So the bodies were taken into the coroner's office and the autopsy was performed. So because the bodies were buried in the snow and it was so fucking cold, they were surprisingly well preserved. Yeah. So the medical examiners, they didn't... This is where it gets pretty interesting, Mm -hmm. this whole next part. This is why I I normally don't go into detail with the autopsies, but this is pretty significant because this kind of is a big question mark on the case. So um, the medical examiners, they didn't find any signs that the girls had been murdered. There was no blunt force trauma, no stab wounds, no bullet wounds, no signs of strangulation, 
nothing or like struggle or like yeah exactly like no stuff in their fingernails no and shit. signs of foul play at all what yeah the autopsy even found food from their last meal in their stomachs which means they died um within hours um, of being at the movie theater because their body couldn't even fully digest the food yet. Whoa. It was determined that the girls were killed within five hours of leaving the movie theater where they were last seen by multiple witnesses. So this, this puts their time of death late December 28th that night, so after the movies, or early December 29th morning. Okay. So um, they also found that Barbara... Um, had engaged in sexual activity before her death, but it was impossible to discern whether or not this was consensual or <sighs> was rape. And this is the 50s, so, like, they couldn't really do much about it. Yeah. Um, there were no drugs. There wasn't alcohol or poison in their system. Um, and there were marks on their body, like I mentioned before, but it was determined that they were from rodents who were eating their bodies in uh-huh. nature after they had died. Um, now, the cause of death in each case was ruled as a combination of shock and exposure. Whoa. Yeah. But this is the 50s. This is the 50s. So now, despite these official conclusions, the chief investigator for the Cook County Coroner's Office, his name is Harry Glows, he disagreed with the official time of death and the rodent theory. Um, he disagreed because there was a thin layer of ice that encrusted the sisters' bodies, and this indicated that they most likely... Like they were sweating or something? Well, what? So the science behind this, I'm going to read this like exactly because science stuff. Yeah. Um, So, they had most likely been alive until at least January 7th, since only after that date would there have been enough snowfall to react with the girl's natural body heat in such a climate to create a layer of ice um, that was discovered on their new bodies. He also stated that curdled milk was found in Barbara Grind's stomach, but on December 28th, she didn't drink any milk, like at all that day. What the fuck? I wrote the plot thickens. So now suddenly, like, even though the coroners are like, yeah, no, she, they died in five hours. Here's this and that. A, a different coroner's like, but that would be impossible for this type of for, ice for to form. For these, like, two things to Yeah, happen. exactly. Yeah. And those are, I mean, some pretty two big things. Child sex rings. Yeah. So um, Loretta, who's the girl's mother, again, I've mentioned her multiple times now. So her worst fear was finally confirmed. She never really believed that her daughters went missing, but she couldn't really, you know, she couldn't bear... Realizing yeah, they you were just dead. send them to the movies, and then next somebody tells you they're dead. You're like, yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. Because like this, even though she n- knew that they were most likely dead, you know, there's always the hope there. Yeah. And so now, her hope was just just shattered. So there was a funeral head for the girls um, on January 28, 1957, at St. Marie's Church. Loretta was um, inconsolable, just a complete wreck. The family was just an emotional distress. Um, now the girls were in a white closed caskets, each top of their photographs. Um, they were laid to rest at the Holy Sepulchre Catholic Cemetery. Um, now this funeral was interrupted by reporters and all so- sorts of media asking pretty insensitive questions, yeah. making false claims, etc. It Classic. was a fucking horrible scene. Like the media just destroyed their funerals. And they were making claims like, oh, well, the girls were... You know, like little sluts at the bars and this yeah. and that. Like, you know, it was anything they could say about the girls, they pretty much did. Now, during this time, um, Loretta got a call from a man who boasted that he had killed her daughters and gave details about the girls and their crimes oh, that had previously that not been published. At the time, because this is the 50s and it's important to remember, there was no way to identify the caller and the police had no luck tracking him down. Loretta pointed out that the man had a very distinctive voice, but she couldn't figure out who it was or recognize it at all. Now, fun fact about this, 
About a year after the Grimes sisters were killed, a 15-year-old girl, her name was Bonnie Lay Scott, she was murdered in another part of Illinois. After that murder occurred, Loretta received another phone call from the exact same man with that distinctive voice who bragged to her about killing the daughters. Um, That man bragged about killing Bonnie Lay Scott and again bragged about killing Loretta's daughters. She just calls them up and fucks with them. Yeah. And again, this man was never found because this is the 50s. Because the 50s, you can't. Now, there were some suspects in this case, none with the distinctive voice, uh, but there will, but there was never enough evidence to prove that any of these people committed the crime. So we're going to kind of jump through some of these suspects. So the first suspect was a name was a man named Walter Kranz. So before the this is actually kind of fun one. Um, before the girls' bodies were found, Kranz called the police station and he said that the girls were dead and told the cops where to find them. He claimed the information had come to him in a dream because apparently his family is like a long line of psychics. And after one night of heavy drinking, he like became in tune with the psychic Same. powers. Obviously, the police were like, what? And so yeah. they picked him up for questioning, but he didn't seem to have any other information. So he was, he, they could not connect him at all to the crime. No evidence, nothing. So he was released. Um, another suspect was 17-year-old Max Flag or Flag. Um, initially considered one of the prime suspects due to his age because the girls were only 15 and 13. He yeah. was 17. They would feel fairly comfortable going with him somewhere. Because he was 17, he was protected by the contemporary Illinois laws, which prevented juveniles um, from taking polygraph tests or being forced to. So Chicago police captain Ralph um, Pataki, I don't know how to say his last name, um, he persuaded Max Flagg to submit an unofficial polygraph test. So Max Flagg was like, okay, I guess I will. Now, during this unofficial polygraph test, Flag allegedly confessed to the murders. What? However, with no legal means of using this test as evidence and the lack of physical physical evidence, Max Flag was let go. What the fuck? Fun fact about this guy, he was later um, jailed <gasps> no. for an unrelated murder of a different young woman. What the fuck? Yeah. So there's that. Now, the biggest suspect was 21-year-old Benny Bedwell. Bedwell bore a striking resemblance to Elvis Presley, which is important uh-huh, to know because uh-huh. some witnesses mentioned that sh- they went off with a guy with that looked like, like Elvis. Yeah. And it was suggested that he had lured the girls to a bar using the re- using the resemblance to Elvis to entice them. He's like, hunka, hunka, brain, love Damn. girls, let's go. Now, according to John and Minnie Duros, they were the owners of the restaurant where Bedwell had been employed. He and another male, William Cole Willingham, were at the restaurant on December 30th with two girls who looked exactly like the Grimes sisters. So you know, two days after they disappeared or day yeah. after they disappeared. Now, at first, Bedwell said that John and Minnie Duros were mistaken. And he was with different girls, but then later admitted to being with the girls. And he was formally charged with the sisters murders on January 27th, 1957. That's only like five days after their bodies were found. Um, he said he was with the Grimes sisters on December 30th and he was with them until January 7th. That's an interesting date because that's when the guy said, that's when one of the coroners was like, oh no, they had to be killed yeah. on January 7th or after. Um, so Benny Bedwell, um, he said they spent a whole week drinking in various West Madison Street Skid Row saloons. What the fuck? They're like 15 and 13. Yeah, it's the 50s. You know, they go wild. Um, after several <laughs> days, the he said that the girls ate hot dogs with him and William Cole Willingham. Also, I think it's kind of funny. Hey, William they, Cole they William. ate hot dogs. They ate hot hey. dogs. And then Benny and Will were like, yo, 
Grimes sisters, can we have sex? And they were like, no, fuck you. We don't want to have sex. Yeah, and Benny so then Bedwell and Willingham proceeded to beat both girls to death. What and the then fuck? threw their nude bodies into a snow-filled ditch. Now, he, he wrote this confession down. He signed it. But upon so reading- So this is the second different person to, con- to quote-unquote confess to these murders. Because uh, they had yes. that 17-year-old boy. Yes, this is the second person to confess to these murders. What the fuck? Now, so he like wrote this confession down. He signed it. He was formally charged. Um, but upon reading his confession, Loretta, the mom of the girls, she was quoted saying, quote-unquote, it's a lie. My girls wouldn't be on West Madison Street. They didn't even know where it was. Bedwell himself would later recant the confession he had provided to investigators, stating that he had only provided a confession after being held in custody for four days in the mistaken belief that the police would subsequently release him if he did make a confession. That's eh, And that's a real thing that and happens. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. on top of that, the autopsy reports supported Bedwell's recantation as no alcohol or, or hot dogs were found in were either in yeah. of the victim's blood or, the de- or their digestive systems. Um, nor had the girls been beaten to death. So we have this entire autopsy report that's confirmed Damn. by every coroner that no, Bedwell was lying. He was forced into this confession from the police. Did they Were they able to do a drug report? And how accurate is that in the 50s? You know, I'm not sure how accurate it was in the 50s or what exactly they tested for, but I know according to whatever test they did in the 50s, they had no drugs, alcohol, or poison in their system. Weird. Um, so on February 6th, Bedwell was freed on bond. Um, now, after those three main suspects, the case went cold. So Loretta Grimes dedicated the rest of her life to finding her daughter's killer or killers, and she passed away without answers. Oh. And to this day, this case is cold. Yeah. So anyways. Unsolved. How's your sex life, Corey? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> this whole past two weeks has been eh. Same. <laughs> um, what's going on? Well, I've been sad. We Jordan and I had sad depression sex two nights ago, Aww. and it was a f- it was a good moment of feeling happy in my life. <laughs> oh, good. So it was a good brief. It was a good break from my the chaos and hell of my life. But other than that, things have been pretty fucking shitty. <laughs> yeah, just like what have I been doing? Random grinder sex. Um, nice. And then oh, the whole thing with Luke. Oh yeah. That was sad. <laughs> yes. We thought someone was gay and he wasn't. So, yeah, y'all, basically, this is just like a gay rite of passage where you have to fall in love with a straight man in your life. Yeah. And then, like, I didn't even, I didn't wish he was gay, but I didn't, when I was, okay, so, okay, oh my God, back up. Okay, so really quick, (laughs) met up with a guy for my mission, and I haven't literally seen him in, like, seven or eight years, but I wasn't hoping that he was gay. I wasn't hoping that he wasn't Mormon. I was just like, oh, it'd be really cool to hook up, or, like, oh, God, (laughs) Freudian Freudian slip. Freudian slip. (laughs) (laughs) we're getting to it not to hook up it wasn't even that i wasn't i was just like genuinely excited to like see him again and that that also says a lot yeah um but i didn't realize that i was into him until i realized that i was getting ready for a date yeah and i was just like yeah yeah like went and like did my hair you know i was just really like into exciting what i looked like and what i wore to go meet a friend you know basically and then when we got there and he was like Still, still Mormon and not gay, and I didn't think he'd be he'd be gay. I did. And no, I no. I, I, I wasn't sure even. Ho- I really wasn't even like subconsciously probably, but I wasn't even hoping. I was just excited to go say hi to him because he's just a cool guy. Yeah, and we at least thought it was going to be a I'm no longer Mormon talk. Yeah, because I've had two others in the past eight months about that, and yeah. it didn't even matter if it wasn't. But I was just sad because on the date and right before or the date, God, 
before we had the dinner together, yeah. I was like, ex- like I was basically getting ready for a date. And then when I was there, like I got there 20 minutes early and I was like a little nervous. And uh, it was just yeah. like totally me being a gay person following in love with a totally just like straight guy. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> but it was Corey. sad. <laughs> Poor Corey. It wasn't sad because, I mean, he's doing his own life and that's great. But yeah. I would just realized I was like getting really excited for oh. something that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's never happened to me growing yeah. up. I never really was attracted to men like in my in my school year or yeah. my age. So, like when I was a freshman, I was attracted to the seniors. Yeah. But it was very like, you know, it wasn't very tangible or it wasn't much of a reality. Yeah. But this one. Yeah. Oh. This is like the first one where I was like, oh, it's some guy that I knew 9 years ago and we were really close for like, you know, 2 months. And it was really exciting to talk to him again because he's a very interesting person and yeah. a very like on you know he's like a quick witty person, which so is it was, so fun. It's to fun be to with. talk to, yeah. yeah. And so that's such a that's so fucking. It was sad. Better. So just like sadness. So like Boo's dying and then that. So to <laughs> sum it up, it's been fucking rough. It's been fucking rough. Oh, and then my car broke down today. We're yes, good. Corey needs to buy a new car this week. <laughs> I need to like not kill myself this week. Yeah, so it's fucking much. rough. Life's hard, guys. Life's it's hard. It's February, or I guess it's March now. But so things, oh, your are, things will get better. Up. Things Corey's, will get better. Yeah, Corey's birthday's this month in like three, four weeks. So everyone wish Corey yeah. a happy birthday. So hashtag it gets better. His birthday's on March twenty second. <laughs> it gets better, everybody. February and January are over. Thank God. The the world will be better. I added be warm. Toulouse's passing to my calendar as the worst day of my life. Oh. So next year I'm notified so I know. What date is that? 20-something? It's the 21st. 21st. Fuck February 21st. Yeah. If that's your birthday, I don't apologize. Fuck, Fuck February, February 21st, 21st at 9.08 p.m. Because that... Ew. I can't even be at my house at 9 o'clock right now. I Ew. have such severe panic attacks. I'm fucked. Fuck that. So if our listeners have any advice to get through Corey's sadness or my sadness, let yeah. us know because we're sad girls right now. Our only, our only solution is wait till my birthday and then when it gets warm. Yes, exactly. So. so we have three weeks left of being sad. So, yeah, that's true. I'm going to start seeing therapists next week. I'd be like, <laughs> help, please, for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, but that that's pretty much it. I don't I don't know anything, like, crazy interesting. Yeah. Mm, I, like, caught up on Game of Thrones, but we can't talk about it because you're not there. Yeah, I'm not there. Um. Yeah, I- that's basically it, I guess. Yeah. My yeah. life overall just sucks dick just right like, now. Just, like, wait until it gets warm. That's yeah. That's pretty much what's going on. Just wait until it gets warm. Yeah, oh. I'll buy a new car this week, so I'll be able to talk about that next week. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I lost some weight from my depression. Oh, hell, yes. So. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Sweet. Silver lining to depression. Silver lining. I also drink you water. You also lose weight. The, I also drink water for the first time in two days today. Or you gain weight. So be glad that you lost the weight. That's true. Yeah. Huzzah. Uh, we're wonderful right now, but I guess, uh, yeah, if you guys have any advice, <laughs> no, send us messages. We're good. We'll get through it. We'll we're get strong. Through it. We're, we're strong, strong, independent women. You'll we'll see us it. next week. Yeah. So yeah, this episode's coming out this next Monday, so we'll be back next Monday. We're yes. fine. Everything's fine. But, yeah. Our podcast is good. We're loving it. I love this, doing this podcast. This has y'all. been the most exciting month for our podcast too. Like yeah. up until Toulouse passed away, it was a really good month. Oh yeah, look, our podcast, no, yeah, like really, yeah. We started growing more than I ever really thought we would. So thank you to our listeners. We really love you guys, and keep on sharing with your friends. Keep on liking us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, because we fucking love doing this, and we love that we can laugh with all these people around the world. Exactly. This is amazing. Yeah. This is so wonderful. So if you want to be friends, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is anyways has her sex life. I mentioned that earlier, but now I'm telling you again. 
And our Twitter and Facebook is AHYSL Podcast. And we love to be friends. Slide into our DMs. Send yes. us butthole pics or pussy pics. And we will send you hearts back. Because we love you guys. So I guess our biggest question to you guys is Anyways, house. your sex life. Life. Bye, guys. Have a Bye. good week. We made it through February. Huzzah.